The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, January 29, 2023, on the basis of 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 through 31. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. So who gets to play and how much? Who makes the starting lineup? Who gets selected all-conference or all-American or all-pro? Who gets voted MVP, most valuable player? Who's the GOAT, the greatest of all time? In the world of sports, these types of questions get asked all the time by coaches, by management, by fans, Deciding how much value someone brings to a team is just part of the nature of athletic competition. But you know, in order for you to determine how much value a particular player has, you need to make sure that you are using the right measurement. And that's why the the world of analytical, statistical analysis, sometimes just referred to as analytics in sports, is getting bigger and more complicated by the year. The answers to the questions that I just asked are not just given by people who have played the games, people who are watching the games. Instead, it's often given by people who are sitting behind computer screens, crunching and analyzing mind-numbing amounts of data. And at least in the world of professional football, evidently there seems to be one measurement that is more valuable than any other. It's referred to as NYA, or net yards per attempt. Now, even if you don't know what any of that means, the point is simply how effective this one simple measurement seems to be. It seems to be that it is more important in determining an outcome to a game than any other. If you know who had the better NYA in a given football game, you know who won the game 80% of the time which means that NYA is also a tremendously valuable measurement for determining which players bring the most value to their team. For quite some time, the football player who had the best NYA all time was Peyton Manning. Now, it's a player by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Perhaps you have heard of these guys. If you are going to determine how much value a particular person brings to an organization, you need to make sure you are using the right measurements. So what about this organization? Take a look around the room. Who makes our starting lineup? Who is our church's MVP? Who gets selected to go to the all-star game where they get to compete against members of other churches? To even ask these questions or suggest these things seems to be a bit odd and out of place, doesn't it? In the church, we are so used to thinking and talking as if everyone is equal. In other words, equally sinful before God and deserving of his wrath, and equally loved by God and forgiven by Jesus Christ. And of course, both of those things are certainly true. And so as a result, it probably will come as a bit of a surprise for us today to hear the Apostle Paul say that in another important sense, it isn't true that all of us are just equals. Paul wants to shine the spotlight 
on specific members of the church that have specific characteristics. Characteristics that give them an extra special value to us. As we look at these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, today's light bulb moment is this, that in the church, some people are more valuable than others. So who are they? Well, if we are going to determine who has more value than others, just like in the world of sports, we need to make sure we are using the right measurements. And the problem is that it is very easy for us to take the measurements that get used in every other facet of our lives in the world and bring them into the church. Paul mentions some of those measurements. He mentions the measurement of intelligence. What kind of grades and test scores do you get? What degrees from which institutions do you have? Paul mentions the measurement of power or influence. How many people are below you on your company's organizational chart? How much money do you have in order to arrange for yourself the life that is exactly the way you want it to be? Paul mentions the measurement of noble birth. We might be more inclined to say status or fame. How many people just know who you are? How much weight does your name carry? Those are the types of measurements that get used to determine someone's value out in the world. But now Paul doesn't just want to use different measurements. He wants to use measurements that are the exact opposite. Certainly within the church in Corinth, there were people who had value based on the measurements that the world likes to use. But Paul wants to shine the spotlight on people who have value that comes from a different place. Not people who are intelligent, but people who are foolish. Not people who are powerful and influential, but people who are weak. Not people who are admired by everybody, but people who are despised and ignored. These are the MVPs, so to speak, that Paul wants us to pay attention to. So who are the more valuable members within Christ's church? Well, according to Paul, it's people who have the least of what the world values most and people who have the most of what the world values least. So are we ready to put together our starting lineup? I take a look around this room and I see people who certainly have value based on the world's measurements of determining value. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I I see people who have advanced degrees from prestigious institutions. I see people who have a lot of folks underneath them reporting directly to them in their company. I see people whose names are known widely and respected greatly within our community. But I also look around this room and I see people who would not be able to pass a middle school math test. I see people who are completely illiterate. I see people who do not know how to form a complete sentence. I see people who are so helpless that they don't even know how to tie their own shoes or change their own diapers. I see people whose names are known by very few people, whose names even sometimes 
are forgotten by their pastor as they walk out the door on Sunday morning. And if we could see beyond these walls to the people who are not here, we would see a whole bunch more people. People who are not here this morning because they can't be here this morning, because they can't really do much of anything without help. People who have already forgotten most of the things that they ever knew. People who have been forgotten by most of the people who ever knew them. These, according to Paul, are a church's MVPs. This is where he shines the spotlight. The people who have the least of what the world values most and the most of what the world values least. But why? What makes these people so valuable? Again, it, it sounds odd because we are so used to saying and talking as though everyone is equal, equally sinful, equally deserving of God's wrath, equally loved by God, equally forgiven in Jesus Christ. In other words, we might say that certain people within the church, the people that Paul highlights, don't have more value than others to God. Instead, they have more value than others to us. Why is that? Well, according to Paul, it's because those people are a built-in, living, breathing safety net for our church that keeps our people safe from the single most dangerous sin a Christian can commit. When you think about the worst possible sin that a Christian might commit, don't think of sins like adultery. Don't think of drunkenness or addiction. Don't think of theft or fraud or abuse. Certainly those sins cause a great deal of damage in the lives of other people, and as a result, we should flee from them and we should fight against them. But the single sin that can do the most damage, the most soul-destroying sin, the sin that can rob us of our relationship with God and our eternal life with Him is the sin that Paul calls boasting. It's the sin that happens when we take those measurements that get used in every other facet of our life out there and we try to bring them in here. It's the sin that happens when we think that something about us, anything about us, gives us value before God, makes us worthy of His love. It's what happens when we think there's something, anything about us that makes us more valuable than someone else before God. It's the sin that shows itself when we are all too eager to catch up with certain individuals and families that we really click with and sort of do all we can to avoid others. It's the sin that shows itself when we would give the shirt off of our back to certain members of our congregation but get a little bit annoyed or demonstrate apathy when someone else needs some help. It's the sin that takes place when the noise that someone is making or the mess that they are making or the space that they are taking or the food that they are eating annoys us because somehow that is inconvenient to us. These are the types of sins that can, can manifest themselves in this dangerous spiritual problem called boasting. All of those things make perfect sense, but only if 
we are using the measurements that the world uses to determine our value. But Christ has destroyed those measurements. That's what Paul says. He doesn't just say that God proposes different measurements, that God suggests that we use different measurements, or that God himself makes use of different measurements. No, Paul says that God has destroyed in Christ Jesus the way the world measures value. Even though those measures still get used all the time, in Christ Jesus, God has already exposed them to be faulty. And he did that first and foremost with Jesus' death on the cross. On the cross, God took everything that the world would consider foolish and weak and disgraceful, and he demonstrated it to be wise and powerful and glorious. On the cross, God won righteousness and holiness and redemption for you. On the cross, God took everything that the world would consider to be most worthless, and he used it to win gifts for you that are absolutely priceless. So God, first of all, destroyed the measurements of the world on the cross. Second of all, he continues to do that as he drafts his team of followers. As he chooses for his own people who have the least of what the world values most and the most of what the world values least. And what a blessing that he does. Because it forces us to give up that dangerous, deadly sin of boasting. It forces us to admit that we bring nothing to the equation in terms of why God loves us. I mean, how could we? Whether you have a PhD or are a student in preschool, you have exactly the same status and worth before God. Whether you are a CEO or an unpaid intern, you have exactly the same status before God. Whether you are a household name in Mount Horeb or have a name that you keep forgetting, no matter how many times you hear it, you have the same exact status before God. You see, when God shines the spotlight on these certain members within a church, it is much more than when a coach gives a game ball to a player who sits the bench the whole game. It is much more than what you sometimes see this time of year, how the manager on the basketball team for the very last game of the season gets to, shoot, gets to suit up and everyone lets them shoot a layup. This is more than just something that makes us feel a little bit good about ourselves. The members that Paul shines a spotlight on really are valuable because they save us from that deadly, dangerous business of boasting. They guarantee that if we are going to boast at all, the only thing we would boast about is the Lord and what he has done for us. And so in a certain sense, we can also boast that these MVPs are on our team. Sort of the way that, that sports fans might boast about having someone like Patrick Mahomes on their team. In fact, that's exactly what a Christian by the name of Lawrence once did. Way back in the third century AD, Lawrence was a deacon for the church in Rome. And as a deacon, it was part of his job to take care of and to protect the treasures of the church, including 
things like the candlesticks and the communion ware that the church used in its worship, things that were made out of solid gold, solid silver, things that were very, very valuable. Well, at that time, the Roman emperor was a man by the name of Valerian, and Valerian was no friend of Christians. So when Valerian found out that the church was keeping all of these riches, he demanded that Lawrence turn over the treasures of the church. So Lawrence asked for three days to get everything ready. And during those three days, he went throughout the entire city of Rome, and he gathered the poor, the blind, the crippled, the uneducated. He brought them all and lined them all up at the entrance of the church, and then he called for the emperor's men. When they arrived, he said, here they are, the true riches of our church. Now, Lawrence died a very slow and very painful death as a result of his disobedience. But he was exactly right. These are the true MVPs, the people who have the least of what the world values most and the most of what the world values least. They guarantee that whether that description is true of us outwardly or not, that it would be true of all of us inwardly. That all of us would be the type of people that Jesus described in today's gospel. Poor in spirit, meek, merciful. The kind of people who come before the Lord without any boasting whatsoever, making them exactly the type of people who are ready to receive the Lord's greatest blessing. Amen. Amen.